Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Walden. My guest today is Hayo Loaca from the Loaca Winery in whereabouts? Whereabouts? Whereabouts are you? Right, right now I'm I'm in Bolzano in South Tyrol. Okay, and uh, you could also be in Montalcino. Okay, so just tell us about the company, starting maybe in the north and then um, with uh, Brunello Second, Montalcino Second. Okay, that's a quick overview because the story would be very long. We start. My father started in '79, bought a little property here in the north, right in the middle of the Alps, and three little hectares. Um, for a long time, yeah, we 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 stayed at that, at that level. Then in the '90s, we uh, started uh, investing, still in between the north and afterwards, uh, even in Tuscany. '96, we bought a hundred hectare big property next to Montalcino, Corte Pavone, and three years later, uh, we bought another property down to Maremma, which is called nowadays Val di Falco. So we are producing wines on three territories, Südtirol, Montalcino and Maremma. And we're working around about 50 hectares of vineyards today. Okay, so let's start, in the, let's start with the Südtirol. How big is the vineyard there? Yeah, the, the Weingut Loacker, where we call it, uh, which would be the mother estate of the three wine estates. We are we're working today on seven hectares of vineyards mostly around the hill of Santa Giustina, which is quite close to the, the famous hill of Santa Maddalena. Both hills are very close to the bigger town, the, the biggest alpine town, Bolzano. We have a little small vineyards in the, uh, in the Valle di Sarco, where we are producing some Gewürztraminer and Pinot Grigio. Our main production here in South Tyrol is Lagrine, and Santa Maddalena, which is a blend of mostly Fernatsch or Schiava, the Italian name, and a little bit of Lagrine still. The vines are very old from the late 50s, early 60s, so quite a huge stocks of, 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 of vine, vine roots. So it gives, it gives always the wines a real um, yeah, authentic touch of our um, autochthonous variety we have here. Furthermore, we are producing a little bit of uh, Sauvignon, Chardonnay in the whites, and uh, some Merlot and some Cab as well. So I'm going to ask you, because we don't often have uh, guests from uh, Alto IDJ, can you give us some suggestions for food and wine pairings with those autochthonous grape varieties that you mentioned? Sure. The, the, the three autochthonous varieties we have which would be the Gewürztraminer for the whites and the Lagrine and the Farnaccio or Schiava for the reds are mostly locally combinable to local food, especially the the Farnaccio, which is a very uh, easy drinking, lighter kind of red wine. Even even in the the modern style, we can can reach thicker and uh, more full bodier wines so you, you would combine it to our local food which would be the knödel kind of dumplings we make here especially in south tyrol made with specks with, with sorry with speck and even the, the simple the simple speck with bread is perfect uh, to to the fanatch 
the Gewürztraminer is, a, as you might know, as a very aromatic, so it's perfect for uh, for, uh, for an appetizer or for even for um, Indian Indian or exotic kitchen. And the Rogain is nowadays made much different as ten years of ten years ago, and now it's it's a full-bodied, mostly in small barrel aged uh, red wine. So combinable perfect uh, to to game which uh, we find a lot here in in our region game like deer or or something else yeah this is more or less the wines we make especially the other wines yeah they are renowned in every part of the world and in in terms of your markets for your wines from the north is it we always have this impression that because it's um the region is so beautiful and obviously touristy is most of your sales locally or are you selling those wines internationally as well? Good questions. The, 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 the white wines, is, they, they are very, very well sold in, in whole of Italy. The Alto Adige white wines have a very good market in, in, every, in every edge of Italy because of their uniqueness, uh, a lot of freshness, very, uh, very aromatic. The reds have a another market may, maybe not that much in in italy but the the, the southern part of the uh, german speaking countries like bavaria austria even uh, switzerland they they appreciate that kind of taste that kind of, of wine so it's it's a good market for for those wines the lagrine it's it's so special, so uh, individual. So uh, we have a market in Australia, if you want. Uh, we have a, a small market in the U.S., but mostly, obviously, is sold here in the region because the region is very touristic, and uh, tourism is a very important force for for sale for these kinds of, of wine. Okay, the next question is terrain for the vineyards. Are, are you on very steep vineyards, or is is it easy farming? What is the terrain like? Yeah, the the terrain is concerning the terrain next to Bolzano is an old morenic terrain. It was formed ten to twenty thousand years ago from the last glacier time. So it's morenic would 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 mean a lot of sand. It's it's, it's mostly a sandy, limey soil, but uh, on a yeah medium to very high steepy exposition. So imagine that we have to manage all the vineyards, especially in the steeper uh, areas uh, on terraces, because the erosion would be too too big. The erosion problem would be too big. So 80, 85% of the vineyards are all on terraces. Um, terrain is sandy limey, as I said, so uh, it has to be irrigated. Very special thing uh, for Alto Adige. Imagine that Bolzano is one of the hottest towns very often in, in Italy during summertime, even if we are in the north of Italy. 36, 38, 40 degrees uh, in July, August is very common. So without irrigation and uh, a rainfall maybe missing for a week or 10 days, we have absolute, uh, definitely to, to irrigate very on a, on a quality level, uh, obviously. Um, but the the kind of soil, the kind of terrain, and the kind of microclimate uh, around Bolzano uh, gives us uh, or, or forces us to irrigate, giving quality to the wine. So should we switch now to Montalcino? Yeah, why not? 
little story, Montalcino. Okay, Corte Pavone was born in 96 as uh, my father wanted to uh, retire in Tuscany and he was looking for a small property. I found it, but it was a little bit bigger uh, than uh, he, he was looking for. Uh, right in front of Montalcino, the one who uh, never uh, ever comes to Montalcino's seat on its its entire entire expansion, uh, right from the Fortezza, very beautifully very beautiful uh, located. Uh, at that time, only four hectares, and we planted new vineyards. And today, we have nineteen hectares of vineyards in Corte Pavone. Why, why my father dis, um, changed his mind, I guess, because uh, I was right in, at that time at the end of, of my university studies in Dijon, in Burgundy, and um, was ready to take over or to reinvent me in, in a new ex experience in down to Tuscany. It was a great challenge at that time, uh, obviously for me. And so we decided together to invest in a first, in a first period in the vineyards, new vineyards, in the second period, new sellers, third period in new markets, because we had to sell the, the huge amount, new new wines, new uh, new bottles. I remember that uh, 92 years, just three years later, we added 22 hectares in the Rema. So yeah, we we grew from four to 40 hectares in, in about five to six years. Yeah, in 2010, my father uh, left for Austria, where he started his own uh, small project, which he, in the meanwhile, he finished already. He came back last year to Corte Pavone. From 2010, I took over the whole uh, properties and, and started a new new great project, which I call it the Seven Dynamic Brunello Crew, which would be FEM for, <laughs> for another two, three hours, because it's a very, very deep project I started. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, we know that you have a very sustainability for you is very important and for your family is very important. And you have a unique way of approaching the organic and biodynamic um, way of working. Can you just explain how you work and how you treat your vines and what makes it special? What 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 I what what I what I uh, didn't tell that in, in seventy nine the first year we started, my father as one of the first producer worldwide decided to uh, convert the the, the, wi the winery to, uh, at that time, organic and later in the 1980s to biodynamic viticulture. So we have more than 40, 40 years of experience in this area. Obviously, we do not, we do not work in, our, in an organic way just for, just for business, but it's, it's far away, far deeper than um, doing only business. It's it's part of our family, of our philosophy, and, and of our life. So every decision we try to find and try to make is always uh, leaded by this holistic approach to what we try to, to do. And uh, organic or biodynamic are a constant, are a constant, how can I say, constantly giving us the the background and to our to our thinking to our working technically i i i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, really do do it differently than uh, the most of our other biodynamic producers but we do from the different preparates the seven different preparates, we do all of them we do the compost we do uh, the 500 and the 501 preparations on all our properties 
the the way of winemaking is obviously very influenced by uh, these kind of um, approaches. So the, the wines itself uh, are always made only by the forces coming from the vineyards. Yeah, I don't know how, how deep I should go in, in this particular argument. But you're, what's interesting about you and your family's approach is you've always had a quite an individual way of working and, a, and, a, and of thinking. And that certainly comes through in the wines. And obviously in Montalcino, I'm sure when you got there, it, it wasn't particularly organic shall we say and now it's a lot of estates that are organic or all biodynamic i mean do you see that as a good thing that sort of change in montalcino the region as a whole or are you just very still just focused on on what you and your family are doing no definitely i'm very happy about the the evolution in montalcino i definitely share and yeah every every single uh, new uh, organic or biodynamic production because it, it's yeah it's the way our modern world has to think to give a contribution to the the uh, the whole development and i remember 96 when we started there were just one small uh, other organic producer who started uh, a year earlier than, than us it was salicuti and nowadays we have i guess 50 percent uh, more than 50 percent of uh, organic or biodynamic producers no it's 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 time and it is good to see that montacino such a great terroir has understood the yeah this very important step to do and the motivation the purpose from uh, why they decided it should be Second, imagine imagine 100% Montalcino or organic or biodynamic. It would be would be great. So uh, we we could everybody can could by the time uh, because it's always a, a problem of generation. Uh, by the time we could always speak at a certain uh, level the same language. Great. I just I'm happy with that. Got a, a question about the markets. What are your main markets for your Tuscan wines? Yeah, main markets are North American market from Mexico, US and Canada, then uh, Central Europe. The Scandinavian part is very great and Italy itself, obviously Italy with our two main regions, which are Alto Adige and Tuscany uh, as a main main focus. Obviously, as a Prunella producer, you have a worldwide market. Uh, we are we are selling to Japan, China, Australia, uh, Peru, Brazil, um, but there are smaller markets. Main focus is North America, Central Europe, Scandinavia, and Italy at the moment. Still looking for uh, a new UK <laughs> importer because we lost our old uh, couple. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think um, Brexit has um, helped, to be honest. Um, so that the UK market may be a little bit tricky for a while. Final question. Do you and your family have any more plans for more acquisitions of vineyards or are you happy with the vineyards you have at the moment? No, there are definitely no plans to for more acquisition. We are right now in empowering our marketing to give the, the right value to our product because we have several projects going on. As I said, the, the, the Brunello Crew project, a Another project which is called Timeless, which is a, a play a game with in the cellar only only yeasts, uh, long long um, even even uh, always adding new yeasts and yeah giving value to what we we are doing since a long time, but also giving value to what to all the new projects we have 
So focusing on best marketing to get out more for what we are already producing. Okay, another question. I mean, when you're in the market, when you present your wines, do you just talk about the vinification and the family history or do you also talk about your love for environmental coherence, shall we say, because your family has always been very environmentally um, aware and ahead of the game. How do you, what's your approach in the market, your marketing approach? Very, very, very good question. I like this because it's a little bit tricky. You, you, you might understand that we we are on the market now for maybe nearly 42 years and we experienced all kind of trends, all kind of problems, critics, and we had we had in our history up and downs, so different strategies. Right now, we we are n- not anymore only focusing on our on environmental approach because we think it's so deeply already part of our patrimoine. Would say the the French one, French guy of our yeah, package. So. We are focusing, we're trying to, to give more value at the, the contents we, we are producing and more on the quality we are really producing, the different kind of quality. And who wants uh, more insight, knowledge about our biodynamic approach? It's, uh, we are always open to, to, yeah, to give our knowledge to different persons who wants to know it. But it's not, not our main focus right now. Maybe also because the... 50% of Montachino bristles are organic, so <laughs> you have to deliver something else. But uh, our our uh, range of contents is so huge. So just with you, in 20 minutes, I can tell you just, yeah, so, so little. <laughs> so it's hard for us. Got another, another little question, because you're aware of, you know, you don't really make a lot of noise about your environmental initiatives, uh, but your approach is is unique to the organic and biodynamic way of doing things. Could you just explain a little bit about about how you see that and why is it important that you do it your own way? You don't follow, say, Rudolf Steiner's complete recipe for biodynamics. You've got a little few things that you you make completely unique to your family. We are are following Rudolf Steiner's ideas, uh, definitely. What we do for our individual thing is we are adding our homeopathy uh, knowledge which uh, is a special thing of my father. He's very inside. Um, maybe some, some, somebody knows that we, we had a homeopathic producing enterprise. We, we sold it two years ago, very huge thing, but the knowledge, we still bring it to our, to our activities. Could be in the vineyards, could be in the cellar. Uh, still, still, still a little, a little flacon uh, in, my, uh, in my pocket. Homeopathy is is a very huge force, very huge energy if you handle it in the right way and if you combine it to other forces. Okay, that's very important. Uh, what we uh, understood in the, in the last thirty years, it's an it's it's a additional help to empower the vines in or the plants or even humans. But should always combine to something, yeah, something else, which is would be the same way natural, but helps you as well so the unique way would be could you tell you the little story of the right now it's it's very lenotwe can't remember the name in in in, uh, in english the problem of the notwe there are earworms i guess 
or something warms, they kind of warms. Right now they're coming out, always beginning of the, the new vintage. They are, they are eating the little buds on the vines. So you, you're gonna lose your whole crop because as you know, on the, on the first leaves, you have your grapes on the, the vine wouldn't die, but because the second bud would restart and give you, give you the, the leaves, but 80 or 90% less crop, less grapes. So what, what we're doing right now, we are spraying our nozote preparation, homeopathic preparation, which we did uh two three years ago which which we made two three years ago which is a prep preparation out of these burned earworms and homeopathically uh, diluted so it gives back the information to the vineyards to automatically react to this insect to this problem so this is kind of uh of approach we use you can you can see some some uh, some videos on our website where we explain it a little bit closer yeah so i mean do your do your neighbors i mean as you know better than anybody probably when you arrived in montalcino the idea of organic and biodynamic was just not spoken about and now around about 50 percent or 40 percent of the estates there are organic with some biodynamic ones as well are you do you feel more accepted now with with your environmentally cautious way of working or do you just not worry about what anybody says. You just get on with what you and your family like doing best, and that's all you care about. What's your What's your take? If, if I well understand you on a certification level, we are the same as our colleagues. Uh, they are organic uh, certified or biodynamic certified. Okay, you 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 follow certain rules and you have to respect them. On a pr pr uh, pragmatic or practical um, sense or way of thinking, we are constantly adding. A new or trying to add new approaches because Rudolf Steiner were living 90, in the 1920s and for sure there is there is space for improving or developing new approaches and we are constantly adding a new thing and if this would differentiate us from our colleagues up to you uh, to decide but no uh, we are not we are not the, the winery, which is only following yeah, some recipes uh, from the organic or biodynamic um, control organism. No, definitely not. Very often we have to discuss our newer approach to our with our uh, certification uh, organism. But no, it's, it should be something of, uh, vibrant and in constant evolution. So I don't know if... if if I exactly answer your question. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I mean, your family's always had a very pragmatic way of of working and finding what makes you happy and what makes your vineyards happy. And you're always thinking about trying things. And sometimes in the organic or biodynamic arena, there's a people are worried about doing that. They want to stick to the same old formulas. So it's nice to hear that you and your family are being innovative and and um you know and looking towards the future with with an open mind and that's very very important so hi i want to say thanks very much to you for coming in today to sp uh, speaking for speaking with us telling us about your family very interesting that you've got vineyards in two completely different parts of italy and you have a bespoke way of farming all of those plots in those different areas 
And, uh, and that's why um, your vines have got a very strong sense of individuality. Thank you so much and stay, stay safe and uh, best wishes to your family. Thank you. I hope to see you next time to Corte Pavone. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.